New York. New York. No doubt. Welcome to another episode of Victory the Podcast. I'm Doug Allen. I'm Kevin Dillon. Victory! <laughs> wait, wait, wait. Don't leave me out. Oh. Oh. Wait, Irish what's happening now? Things are, things are changing. And Old Irish crickets. He's always having a beer back there. People don't know it. <laughs> Kevin Dillon just sprayed my new Victory hat with that. Because I got to tell you, so a couple of things happening here. I come in now. It's really, uh, it's kind of chaotic. I don't know what's going to happen on a daily basis. I had no idea Kevin Dillon was going to be here today, to be totally honest with you. I'm glad to see you. Not supposed to be here. So it's like a miracle. We got you. Well, you're lucky. Very lucky to have <laughs> I you. I feel lucky. You, you know, there was some concern uh, amongst Doug's Instagram following yeah. about where's Kevin Dillon? It they became, thought I got fired, right? <laughs> well, well, we'll talk about both of you potentially getting fired, but that's, that's oh, later oh, on in the, the podcast. Oh, the businessman's going to shut us down. I think what's really like, okay, so last week, just so Dillon knows, we, we come in and, and Connolly, or actually Kevin Dillon's agent sent us an email, which uh, <laughs> we can discuss. Kevin Dillon, who I speak to like three times a week on text, and Connolly like seven times a week on the phone. We got an email from the agent. What was happening? You got an, obviously, Obviously, you got a big job. I swear, I know I saw a creep show um, Instagram post. Where have you been? What is going on? I was in Atlanta, Georgia, shooting the, the show Creep Show, which was a lot of fun. A lot of ghouls and monsters and that kind of thing. Right. And, uh, and then I was supposed to go from there to, uh, to Oklahoma to shoot the Reagan movie with Dennis Quaid. And, uh, Are you playing Reagan? No, I'm not playing. <laughs> yeah, I, mean, I, should, I, see I should be Reagan. Also, too, Kevin Dillon is on fire right now. Well, yeah, I'm which is by the way, actor. why his agent is uh, calling us and not him. So <laughs> right, he's so he's on fire so bad he doesn't have time to contact us. His people contacted no, no. us. I texted you guys. No, no, no. I didn't text you. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't get a text. I hey, mean, it happened fast. It really did. So said, wait, Lisa, let him know. I got to hear about this Reagan but, movie. This but is also, exciting. too, Doug, just so for actors out there, yeah. that it, you know, and and while we, I think here everybody at Victory the podcast was a bit rattled <laughs> when Dylan vanished into thin air. <laughs> um, but as an actor. That's what happens, and it does happen. It can happen pretty quick. Yes, it was fair. One second, and then the next day you're on a plane, and you have a weird mustache, which is what's happening. <laughs> but also, right for businessmen, so they understand, Kevin Dillon does not have a contract, and he just booked a movie. You don't have a contract either, Doug. I got yeah, but I haven't booked we shit. We have not worked out any contracts. <laughs> I haven't booked shit, so I, I don't really have anywhere to go. But Kevin Dillon now has a I'm movie. I'm hearing rumors, though, Doug. I'm hearing rumors. There's well, a, well it be, yeah. here's rumors. the thing. You know, the podcast is doing really well. It, it, it will. It's going to start to monetize pretty soon, and and the joke is going to be on you guys because you ain't getting paid till you sign the fucking contract. We're the talent, bro. No, <laughs> we don't know, have to worry about you that. Something. You're going to have to work it out. Let me tell you this: I, I, I everybody is replaceable, and I, I in the immortal <laughs> words of Kurt Russell, every actor is replaceable, and that includes both of you. I will, bring, start, bring Grenier in. I will start up Queens Boulevard, the podcast, with Larry Charles and Adrian Grenier, and you two can kick rocks. What do you think of that? I, well, I, what I really got excited about is you referred to me as an actor, which made me feel really good, okay? Because I, I yeah, thank, you, you know, thank you. I mean, we did thank have that you. scene together. <laughs> we did have a scene together. They kind of carried you. We're but, not worried about uh, you running off to do a couple acting jobs. <laughs> <laughs> what I do want to talk about is uh, I, I, I fancy myself a little bit of a businessman, and I'm worried about Kevin Connolly right now. Because, don't worry big, about me, bro. I don't well, need we're you to talking. Worry about me. We're talking sports. We're talking acting. We're talking any business. You don't want 
an unsigned free agent, i.e. Kevin Dillon, to all of a sudden get two other jobs without paperwork. So what what the fuck? Sign the guy up. I mean, that's that's again, it goes back to what I was promised. I was promised that Kevin (laughs) Dillon was doing this podcast. (laughs) And now now not only is he what we talked about, Kevin, is just like when you're on a softball team with the guys, if you can't make it. You call and Don't say, you know steal what? my analogy. Dylan, you're our All shortstop. Right. If we All right, so playing... I should have sent someone in from no, the bullpen. No, no. If you're exactly. Listen, Dylan, you're our shortstop for our softball team. And I got you. We're yeah. in the home stretch of the season, going into the playoffs. You say, guys, I'm not going to be here the next two games. You guys need a shortstop to fill in. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to send the D.B. Sweeney. He's going to cover for me. By the way, D.B. Sweeney would be great for this podcast. Hey, let's get him on. Let's get him on for Long Island. He'll do it for sure. Great guy. I love D.B. Sweeney. So... Was this disappearance? Oh, by the way, I was thinking of another guy we got to get on, Captain Dale Dye. Oh, it'd be great. Let's get Dale Dye. Love Dale Let's Dye. Let's get Dale He's Dye. Captain Dale Dye, yes. if everybody remembers, is the guy that does the boot camps for the military movies yes. that Dylan had a great time with. He almost Platoon. drove me into an early grave. <laughs> um, but I'm sure real... he likes Dylan better than me. And he was on Entourage. And he's he an, was Amer- great and, on and he's an American too. hero, military man. And, yes, and, he is. and he's entered into the Hollywood fray, but the guy Vietnam is. Vet. He's earned his stripes. So, Kevin, I need to know. Was this disappearance a negotiation ploy? He got acting job. You think he's no. disappearing? No, 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 of course I, not. Hey, I love this. I love doing this podcast. Because I, really I want to say something. I, David Schwimmer's a friend of mine, and he starred in a little little known movie called Kissing a Fool. Well, but I've heard of that. One. Okay, but Schwimmer, <laughs> I when, will not engage. But when Schwimmer was negotiating the Friends thing, it was his idea that all the actors stay together. My idea is you and I work together against him. We stick. You want to work against yeah. me? You've been working against me your whole life, Dylan. <laughs> I'm sorry. Solo. I'm sorry. Sorry, Doug. I got to go on my my own on this <laughs> yeah. one. I already got burned with the uh, with the the cast of the entourage. Let me say let me say it for you, Dylan, because you don't want to sound like you're no, tooting also, your own horn. Yeah. But the truth be told, you know there there could have been a case for Dylan that he should have uh, made more money than myself and Adrian and Jerry just based on well, I could have early his body on of work. I yeah, wanted to do 100%. it. I thought sticking together, we would. See more seasons and, and just be more powerful together. And you were right. Do you? No, I don't it? think I was. Because we only got eight seasons. <laughs> oh, only eight seasons. So if I'm only going to get eight seasons, you got to cash in. By the way, Dylan has been the one from the get go that feels like we were we were HBO fucked us. They did whatever we want to say. Yeah. We can go back and we can all kiss their ass. Well, and season go, three, we but, did twenty four on season three. Twenty four. Yeah. Well, Chris, well, they were banking in while they're like, let's get a lot of episodes while they're cheap. Well, Chris Albrecht was the president who believed in us when he left. Yeah, they wouldn't believe in us so much. But when we ended, by the way, we were by far the most popular half hour that was on that network. And that let's let's get it out there. They canceled us. They there was not an option for me. They canceled well, also us. Also too 100%. I I, yeah. I I'd like to say like and Kevin back me up on this. You know, uh, right now maybe there's you're a little sensitive about it, but HBO was really good to us and Kevin contract yeah. negotiations they went as smooth as they could go and they were yeah, very yeah. fair and there, there was never a, a, an issue the movie obviously things got a little dicey but from a negotiation standpoint that was an HBO though HBO that's what I'm saying HBO yeah. took really good care of the actors mm-hmm. in H- the negotiation process HBO took very they good did. care they did. HBO took very good care of me as well financially that being said not emotionally the, well no the show could have gone they another, hurt my feelings show could have gone another three yeah. four years easily we had, we had legs we could have gone 12 seasons and they wanted easily oh, they God. wanted 
to get they some could've. other stuff on on there. So that's what they chose to do. And uh, but they do do that with all their shows. Well, Sopranos could have kept going. Sex and the City could have kept Look, going. Look, if you when, if if you bring on a new head coach, that head coach wants to hire his own special teams coach and his own defensive coordinator. And when we Chris Albrecht stepped out. Whoever stepped in to replace them, drawing a blank on who it was, they wanted it to be their shows and their things. That's, well, my that's feeling fair. Is, well, my feeling is, look, HBO's back now. They have some great shows. But this, the stuff that came on around that time was not great. No. And uh, a lot of those people who were in charge of that are no longer there. At and, least you're not sour about it. No, I'm ta- <laughs> by, the way, I'm, by the way, it's no, no mistake about it. I'm not even sure I wanted to do it anymore. But I think the option. I thought should've... it was you, Doug. I thought you were. I mean, Doug, you were melting down yeah. by the end, and rightfully so. I get it. I'm. I'm just saying. I'm not sure I wanted to do it, but the fact that we didn't have the option. When you look at some of the other places, like like Jerry Ferrar is on on Power. They're doing like nine spinoffs of Power. I mean, they're gonna give. <laughs> so there could have been the Johnny Drama spinoff, the Eric Murphy spinoff. That would have been a real snoozer. There's we're... still a big calling for a Johnny Drama spinoff. I'm I... just gonna say. Right I, now. There's not a big calling for the uh, Murphy Group spinoff. That's right. You can do. The, you can do occasional cameos on my. Show, bro. I'll pop in for you sure. You can't yes. see just a show called E. I mean, come <laughs> I, on. I actually can't see it. No, it'd be really fucking boring. I e. want, unless we got a manual. If you throw E and Sloan in there, maybe you got a romantic comedy. Two E's. Yeah. That's just not funny. Well, I'll come a in romantic. and save the day occasionally, maybe. Yeah, we need yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. to bring brother. Dylan in for a comic relief. <laughs> Let's talk about this, Reagan. What, what, what are you playing? I'm playing Jack Warner, actually. Uh, Wow. Yeah. I mean, the whole movie goes throughout his whole life. So Quaid's going to play this like... This is like during World War II, all that whole time period right there. Quaid is going to play like a 25-year-old Ronald Reagan? Yeah, I think he is probably going to play... They're gonna, there's even even younger Reagan. I mean, so, I, I'm interested in seeing it, but The Irishman, which I loved, but De Niro, when he was playing 25, he looked 60 to me. I know yeah, they well, did that's the, different. That, that's, yeah, that was I different. A, I had a tough time with that, too. Yeah. But listen, in all seriousness, Kevin, good for you. That's awesome. Bro. Thank you, bro. Appreciate it. Yeah. I, and as much as it hurt us here at Victory, the podcast, well, I'm just it's wondering, nice bro, to hear you doing well. Do you well, feel dude, I little... still got to go do it. So, I mean, I was about to go, and they had a couple COVID cases, so they shut down production. They told me to go back home, so I'm here with you guys. Stuck with you guys. You. By the way, a side note, Doug, what the fuck are you? What is that weird fruit thing next hydro, to you? It's the hydromate, bro. He's got what a is, gallon of water with a lot of fruit and vegetables like fruit, in it. Who? Who? What is that? You guys can drink your 15 beers while we're here. I drink. <laughs> I drink a. a gallon of water with fruit in it every day now because since my colonoscopy I'm going to stay oh safe and healthy so uh, the hydromate is great I got this at Amazon. By the way did you get a thumbs up everything good on the colonoscopy or? The colonoscopy went great then they told me I had some something polyps, on my liver. Um, no, no polyps no polyps <laughs> but then they told me I had something on my liver so I had to go oh, through it. Please. No way. I had to go through something else but now it's. That's because you don't drink it up bro. You don't drink the enough alcohol beer. alcohol will wash that out. Exactly. It'll kill it. It'll exactly. kill that problem on the liver. Problems, so. Also too I mean I know most people are listening to this maybe we can pick this up in the social clips but doug (laughs) okay so we're going to start selling merch victory the (laughs) podcast merch coming soon the samples are out and doug is wearing victory the podcast hat and shirt which i think is a bit overkill i think if you wear the victory the podcast shirt you got to wear a different hat right now you just look like a walking billboard what's what's clearly i didn't get any say in this because you got a yankee hat and then you got like a Islanders. Islander stick on the vi- 
Where's the Mets? We're going to the... get you some Mets ones. What's even weirder about this whole merch thing is I walked into this office. I don't know anything about merch. I don't know anything. All I know is I've gotten three parking tickets doing this podcast. Oh, that's, the only, that's, that's, the only, that's the only finances that have exchanged hands during the podcast. Sign I come your contract. In, I come in. There's a fucking room full of shirts, hats. I put it on because I'm a team player, but... Have you received any cash from this? I, got I haven't nothing. Even, I haven't got a it's bottle of proper twelve. Can selling I selling it? Listen, proper twelve. <laughs> Are there any left? <laughs> I think Connolly's sucking them down. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, you'd be surprised how popular the uh, proper twelve is. They're they're going. I'm not drinking them. People come. I'm, drinking I'm grabbing proper. one today. On the who way are these out. people? Ethan Suplee. He probably got a fucking case of proper twelve because <laughs> his numbers are Ethan so big. Ethan Suplee is sober and he's health and fitness, unlike yourself. <laughs> you tell, he's all jacked um, up. You now. think Ethan Suplee could drink this much in a day? I, I think don't. Ethan Suplee probably does. Whatever. <laughs> Listen, the point is, the point is that what do you think? I'm hoarding the merch. We're gonna sell the merch. We're gonna put up on the. We're gonna put up the website, and then the fucking you're gonna get your cut. Listen, hey, speaking uh, of merch, get your cut. Someone finally got some of their merch that long due. Didn't you get your lawnmower finally? Oh, that's right. You right, got your so lawnmower. I did not <laughs> get it. I was girlfriend. You could clean up that. I map. was told. <laughs> I was told today. Gorilla. <laughs> I was told today I was getting a lawnmower. The lawnmower, in case anyone doesn't remember, is this amazing manscaping tool that was sent to the podcast because they liked it. Stop, and dude, dude. If you do, stop doing air quotes. I didn't the fucking, get one. The lawnmower is on one. the fucking desk, and don't air quote me <laughs> with the fucking thing. It's right there. The lawnmower or my lawnmower? Your lawn. You have your own lawnmower, bro. We tested you it for you to make sure it works. Dylan, Dylan gave it. A, Dylan gave it a run through before you got here, but it's all ready for you, bro. I don't. Got, I don't want to speak out of turn, but. What I was told, and I have no idea sometimes when Connolly's telling me the truth anymore or not, but I was told... This guy's fucking... You're on drugs. I was told... I was told... You're on edibles. I was told (laughs) I was getting a lawnmower and Kevin Dillon was not because he was being docked for not showing up last week. (laughs) (laughs) Docking his pay. Is Dillon getting a lawnmower, too? I got a lawnmower, Dillon's already got a lawnmower, bro. Dillon and I both had lawnmowers for for a long time. I took my lawnmower and ran. But you need yours. Kevin (laughs) doubled up on his because he's pretty hairy, too. He's got to like double up. I really feel like I'm in an alternate universe that I'm not sure what's happening. Dylan's got, by the way, just so everyone knows, listen, I am aware Kevin Dylan is the money of this podcast. He's the star. He's the fucking That's face. That's not true. That's not true. I believe, I believe it. Now, maybe yeah, it is. I'm not, saying, I'm not saying maybe one day I'll catch up and people will like me or Kevin Connolly yeah, will be funny two and people years, like that. But, 200 years. But right now. You run the show. But right now. The way I, I see it. You're still the showrunner here. And we got the businessman in the back. I'm a color guy. You're the, you're, differ. You're the Aaron Judge of the podcast. You're the guy who's going to. So I go deep. You're going to go deep. You're going to hit the home run and, and you're who I want. I'm not thrilled that you get the parking spot out back when I have to fucking park on the street and get tickets every week, but I don't know. But so I want to know, and I think that what we should do, Jerry Ferrara, hopefully, if we can afford him, which I don't know what the finances are here, hopefully oh he is going to be your stand in shortstop when Kevin Dillon's not uh, available. And then hopefully we'll he get could Jerry. Come in, yeah, he could come in from the bullpen. He's, yeah. Yeah. he's a closer. He's oh, a Mariano he's, Rivera. He, yeah. he's, he's, he's Chapman. Great. He's a drollist Chapman coming out of the pen. How about a word from our sponsors? Kevin Dillon. Yeah. You have a hard time taking pills? A little bit. You having any performance issues that you don't like to talk about, but you'll share with me because I'm a close friend of yours? I don't know what you're talking about, bro. Okay, well, if you like sex... I like that. 
You'll love BlueChew.com. BlueChew.com offers men a performance enhancement for the bedroom that you don't have to be embarrassed about. You don't need to go to a doctor. You don't need to look anyone in the face except online. They handle it all and they mail it to you in a very discreet package that you can keep to yourself. And you know what's going to happen after you have a great performance with your girlfriend? You know what you're going to say? Victory! Boom! BlueChew.com. Just chew it and do it. (laughs) You know what? It only takes a few minutes to connect with a BlueChew.com affiliated physician. And if you qualify, which I think you will, you'll get subscribed online quickly. You don't have to go to the doctor, no awkward conversations, no waiting in line at the pharmacy. I know, Kevin, you don't like to be at the pharmacy even when you're getting other things. Ships directly to your door, discreet packaging, the chewables from BlueChew.com. You know where they're made, Kevin, just like all your cars? The United States of America. You and your partner will love it. Just chew chew it and and do it. it. When you see Dylan's face, you know we're going to have a good show. And and by the way, again, I thank Kevin Connolly for delivering Jerry Ferrar. But when I shut up last week and Dylan's not here, I panicked. What the fuck are we going to talk all about? Right. What are we going to do? So first of all, first of all, I let you know. I said I got. I'm going to be leaving soon. So you got. I got to let you know I'm going. And you're like, it's cool. We got we got episodes in the bank. We're good. So that's that's the truth about that. And I could I could have done it from there. I could have. From the four seasons, I could have done it then. <laughs> Would have been okay. We knew that it was coming. It just happened pretty quick. That's all I'm saying. Well, the yeah, re- well, the real weren't paying attention. I life told is it was fast. Happen. Life is fast. The real thing that happened was, and let's just discuss it for a minute so people understand. Emails from agents. I don't even know who Kevin Connolly's agent is. I'm not even sure who my agent is, but I haven't spoken to your agent, who I love, Lisa Gallon, in 15 it's her, it's years. It's manager also, by the way. Yeah, she's my manager now. Sorry. She was an agent. Yeah. Okay, sorry. Sorry, Lisa. We love you. <laughs> but um, So I get this email in like the middle of the night, and I went into a panic. I'm like, okay, now, now Connolly's going to have to step up his game. I know and, I'm going to do my job, but, but Connolly's going to have to be funny to replace Kevin and, Dillon. Did I not step up? You did. You I got Jerry. I stepped Jerry'd. up. I delivered Jerry. <laughs> I, yeah. I did. I yeah. brought someone in. Exactly. First of all, though, you told me we were good. That we didn't need any episodes. Kev, you didn't do. You didn't do anything wrong. Communication. And you guys would didn't be even great. tell. You didn't tell me you were doing an episode without me, which kind of concerned me a little bit. I thought I was really getting replaced. Well, then, good. You that know could that happen. Feeling, huh? If you don't sign these contracts, <laughs> let me ask you a question so we could see if this thing is growing at all. Did you hear about this episode and how? Yeah. Well, I heard you guys were. Talking smack about me. That's what I heard <laughs> from like people on the street. Did an imitation of a you know bush league imitation of me. <laughs> hey, victory! <laughs> I tried to pull off the beer snap victory. It's yeah, the only yeah. thing I know. It was good. It was good. Did you hear about I, this I on the sh- that? Did you hear about this on the street? Well, I heard about it from a, a couple friends. Right, yeah, but, but I mean, a, a, a buddy of mine who I played golf with in Alabama told me. Wow, about so we're getting to like, Alabama. I think yeah. the show's growing. You're in the yeah. South, you're in the South. We but, are but in the did South. But did you did you get catch wind through social media to a certain extent? You know what? I, I haven't been paying attention to social media. When I start working, I don't really look at it that much. Maybe he, see that, Doug? I've talked professional. about. I've talked about this before. Kevin Dillon. He's really a guy who's when he's doing his stuff. He really focuses on it. And I said, I bet he's not even aware of this. I guarantee he's not going to listen to the episode. That I was pretty fucking no, clear about. Until I heard you guys were talking about it. Now <laughs> I got to hear it. Yeah, it was it was good. And it was all, as I said, it was all in good fun because a lot of people, you know, take it seriously. But what I, what I do feel is 
The show is growing, which is great. The, you can feel it in social media. I wake up. The positivity has been really great, except, you know, you always get those, uh, those jerk-offs. This Bobby Nola guy, I woke up today, and I just like, you know, it's 8 o'clock in the morning, and I wake up, and the guy's like, entourage aged terribly, you know? And I just wrote, I just looked at your page. You fucking aged terribly, all right? And, you know, it's uh, just for anyone who's listening out Is he out saying there, the show has aged terribly, or we as Actors of age terribly. I don't even. It- I did get some responses. For, I did post the picture of myself. Yeah, in my garb, I had a wig on, and uh, you know, like pork chops. It was a seventies piece. So. And what'd they say? I, I heard a lot of comments like, "My God, is he aged?" <laughs> <laughs> you, know, like, you know what? Like everything, uh, you know, it's all in good fun, sort of. I mean, the truth is, is like social media is a weird thing, and and I'm all, you know, uh, we are going to do some questions today when we get Constance Zimmer on this show, but uh, you know. There's a lot of people that come at you with negativity, which is really bizarre. And and since the podcast has started, the positivity is really it's amped up. Like you mm-hmm. can feel like people are really liking what we're doing, and they're looking back at the show and enjoying that. But Doug, and, what if I suggested that you invited some of the negativity? I wait. Are you saying that I invited on the show, or you're saying I'm inviting it? I, I wonder if you're inviting it. At you times. guys both do, by the way. No, you I, bu- guys both fire back. But when I fire back fire sports. You, I'm I, sports I leave related. Alone. I'm sports related. Sports I've, I've related. seen you fire back at other stuff. Bro. What is he talking about? I saw him tell a guy I looked at your page. You're fucking ugly. What are you talking about? <laughs> he was ugly. That guy. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> he look, certainly had no business talking smack to me. That's for sure. I, I'm not saying I'm Zach Efron, but you know. <laughs> You're not. Right. And neither are you. And neither Do you remember, you. by the way, at the Super Bowl? And did we talk about We this? talked about that. That's it. And you got it wrong. It wasn't Zach Efron. It was, it was Chase, Chase Crawford. Crawford. I know. Moving on. And I you're know. definitely no Chase Crawford. Who's no. better looking than Ch- Zach Efron. Chase Crawford is is a fucking handsome guy. I'll He's tell you, though. better looking than you. I'll tell you. Why is he attacking me? This is what he does on Instagram. <laughs> I, well, I mean, it's just, it's awful. Does, I, does he follow you at a, on Facebook or are you guys still not By the way, you know what, Doug? I noticed we are friends on Facebook. Oh. Yeah, you must have requested me. <laughs> Several I don't know times. How, but I saw one of Please your. Please take I, me back, Kevin. Please. I saw one of your like self indulgent Facebook posts. I was <laughs> relieved. I was like, "Wow, I'm, we're friends again." I, the, the, the barrier is broken. What was the post, Kevin? I don't remember, Doug. I mean, you post <laughs> eighty two times a day. I can't. I mean, you you know, it's he's a good poster. And not only that, he's and I will poster. say, and this, they're all great. They're but funny he's been he's been. Doug's been amazing. It's hard for me to compliment you this way, but you've been great with promoting the podcast. So thank yes. you. Yes, it means a lot. And I just want to say, you know, it's, uh, you know, while we're laughing, and I'll, I may be gone. I mean, I got a show that may be going in London. Yeah, we'll and, live. You know what? <laughs> you know what, Doug? We'll live. You, you know, you can't yeah, reboot Entourage. But you want to do Charles. something about soccer? Give me a break. Come Steve on. Levinson on deck. I am telling you. If you're going to go back to work. Let's do. Let's reboot Entourage. Let's Listen, do something there. Larry, Larry Charles. Just so everyone, for you. just Larry so everyone, Charles. just so everyone knows who I am. It's if I happen like you last week. If I happen to be on the streets of London making my new show, and I hear that I was replaced by Grenier, I'll kill both of you. I mean, this won't <laughs> this won't be about contra. I'll fucking kill you. I mean, I just want everyone to be to understand. So, but I do. I do put a lot of time into it, and I do feel like. It's been a lot of fun, and it's not a it's not a money thing. Although when I do see the merch, I wonder what Connolly's putting in his pockets. Yeah, stop! You know, stop! It's, stop. it's so <laughs> annoying. You know, <laughs> you know what is funny? How how the the tables 
have turned in a way where when we were doing the show, something would happen and Doug would like when the phone rang and I was like, oh, fuck, it's Doug. I, I knew uh, what was I coming. Doug He's now, yell at me. Doug now, <laughs> when Doug posted the picture of uh, the cropped Trump mask <laughs> with the victory yes. mask on Trump, yes. I called coincidentally. I hadn't seen it. And Doug says to his girlfriend, Sarah, Oh shit! This is this is Connolly <laughs> calling. To, <laughs> this is Connolly calling nice. to pitch me out. Yeah, you, know? Yeah. you know the thing is, the guys have asked me not to be political, which I understand. And the truth is, I am pretty down the middle, and so we don't even have to discuss this. But what I, I think did we is, all are, but people yeah. tune in to not talk. And, about And politics. I don't want to talk yes. about it. But the only reason we're talking is because I I photoshopped. A, I thought it was a, hilarious. Yeah, I photoshopped the victory mask with, on Trump. With my body on Trump's <laughs> mouth, which is let's see what Matt Dillon has yes. to say now, right? Yeah, like, my whole like, family, my whole family will go up. On me about but that. Listen, here's I get in trouble if I play Trump National so, Golf Course. It's so obvious that if you don't get that joke, I mean, it's funny. Okay, but yes. it was a Photoshop. It wasn't even a great Photoshop, but you want to talk about the haters. Rob Weiss, one of our fucking favorites, executive producer, he writer, could potentially replace you when you're in uh, uh, London. Rob could definitely be a Rob comes on my in- villain. Rob comes on my Instagram because why is that mask painted on the window? It's yeah. a Photoshop. So he's making fun of like the CGI right, effects. You didn't do a great job of Photoshopping. So anyway, that's the story. We're going to bring on Constance Zimmer now, Dana Gordon. Before we do, I just want to say people always ask, where do these character names come from? And it's a little weird, this Dana Gordon name, because what happened with Dana Gordon, I went to college with a girl, beautiful girl, sweet girl named Dana Gordon. But honestly, I swear to you, I forgot about her. And then 20 years later, I get a Facebook message. That's so cool that you named the character after me, which, you know, you sort of go, wow, that's weird. She must think I'm obsessed with her. But it gets weirder. Well, what else would she think? Well, okay. wait, wait a second. You just named a character? Subconsciously. You must have. Okay. Subconsciously. It's, Subconsciously. Not, the, it's right. not the first time. Okay. I'm at a, so I'm at a party. There's Ed Norton. Okay. I love Ed Norton. Ed yeah. Norton was one of my favorite actors. Great actor. He's standing there with a woman that looks familiar to me, pretty woman. And she looks at me. We lock eyes. She comes over. She's like, Doug, Shauna Robertson or Shauna Roberts. I'm not exactly sure. So I go, hey, how are you? She goes, it's so cool. You named the character after me, which is Debbie Mazar's character, <laughs> Shauna in the show. Does she have a last name? But her name was Shauna, either Roberts or Robertson. Okay. And, and Ed Norton's wife, by the way, is either Shauna Roberts or Shorten Robertson. So I'm sitting there now. Now I'm at this, this Hollywood party and I'm like, oh my God, like Ed Norton thinks I'm obsessed with his fucking wife and that I named the character <laughs> after her. So, um, but it was subconscious. She produced a short film I did 25 years ago. And I don't know. Somehow it entered my head, and that's how they got their names. So I don't, I don't even want to ask about Jess Mancini. Where that came <laughs> we'll from. leave it at that. I'll just leave it there. We're coming back from the break with Constant Zimmer. Welcome back, Victor, the podcast. We have one of, honestly, one of my favorite people that was ever on the show who had one of, unlike some of the other people, and I'm not going to name any names, had an amazing career before the show and has and probably even better career after the show. But uh, we've got Constance Zimmer. How you doing? Hey, Constance. Constance Zimmer in my, you know, tropical forest back here. Nice. It's looking good. I mean, Constance, I mean, we had Jerry on last week, and the two of you both look like you're in your 20s, so I don't know what's going on here. (laughs) Like, I'm... Dylan's getting older and you're all getting younger. I don't know what's happening. I actually think Dylan looks pretty good. He does. I'm getting older, okay? I deflected on myself. Thanks, Kevin. I appreciate you just look that. That's weird. what it is, right? That's the truth. When you say something about someone else, it's a part of you yes. that you're judging or you're not judging. Interesting. I don't know. Yeah, it's Either insecurity. Not. And I'm going I'm to call you after Constance for a little therapy because I've got. <laughs> okay, good. I've been deflecting for years. So, what's going on with you? 
I mean, you know, I'm in the middle of a pandemic. I don't know if you guys have heard about it, but it's kind of this big thing that's going on all over the world. I'm pretending it doesn't uh, Which is why I can't be there with you guys, which is what sucks. I know. Bummer. Yeah, it is a bummer. So where are you, Constance? You're here in L.A.? I am. I am in L.A., but um, I started working on a show and... Mm -hmm. You know, there's crazy protocols now, as you will find out when you go back to oh, work. I Kevin, already did. Yeah, your... I, I just did you got tested. Why well, I did? I uh, just finished the show, and we were tested every other day. Yeah, it was a five day shoot. Uh, yeah, we got tested on Monday, Wednesday, and Friday on a five day shoot. Crazy. Yeah, and I mean, even when I'm not working, if it's two days before I'm going to work, I have to get tested. So. It's, mm-hmm. it, we do the same thing like Monday, Wednesday, Friday. But if mm-hmm. I have a week where I'm not working, I will have to test 48 hours before I would go back to work and then yeah. get tested again. But, you know, there's all there's this stack of papers that you got to read through now. And I yeah. feel incredibly responsible for all of my crew and all of my cast and besides my family and everybody else that I interact with just already So it makes like, you know, they don't want you to do anything you don't have to do. And obviously, you know, they don't want you to be in rooms that I would have to be there in a mask. And that just feels Mm -hmm. not. Yeah, no, I hear you. I would. Yeah, I'd rather you that. get to see my whole face than just, yeah. you know, my eyes. Yeah, so I keep my distance from Doug here. Yeah, so no, we keep distance. And Dylan, we know, is probably a, a serial rule breaker. So we don't, <laughs> we don't know. Don't want I, I, think, I think you guys are both pretty careful. Oh, we Constance, are. Doug, and Kevin are both mm-hmm. strangely responsible when it comes to this uh, deadly pandemic. I, I have a question, Constance. What show are you working on? Well, that's interesting. I w- I'm not allowed to tell you guys. <laughs> By the way, as long as it's not the Piven spinoff, like it's fine. But you can tell us. We'll find out she's doing the Ari Gold spinoff right now. No, it's not. That it is not. When will we find out? Uh, when they decide to announce it. Uh, they haven't announced it yet because it was something we started doing before quarantine, before the pandemic, and we just went back to work. So we're going to have to make up for a lot of lost time. And I, I don't know when they're going to announce it. Can you give us a hint? <laughs> Can you tell I us can't. where, you, how about where you're filming? Is it a comedy or a drama? There you go. Comedy or drama. Okay. It's a drama. It's Ooh. a one hour drama Ooh. and it shoots in LA. Good for you. Mm, all right. <laughs> yes. By Another way, bonus. By the way, Constance, do you hear the bitterness in Connolly's voice? Like when when someone else gets a job. At this point, any job that shoots in LA is a home run. Yeah. Right? Well, I they want to shoot well, anywhere yeah. but LA. I was yeah. more thinking since Dylan got an offer on Reagan, and I'm assuming Constance got an offer on this. We talked about this earlier. Connolly has not a lot of offers. I you fucking mumbling, my- stumbling <laughs> bastard. Uh, yeah, I'm out of the business, bro. I'm done. <laughs> I fucking packed my bags a long time ago, so I don't have to deal with guys like. You. <laughs> but, By the I way, mean, the businessman, Kevin. Yeah, I, he can't complain. He's doing everything he's else oh. but that. Let's so I love you don't even this. have time to do acting. By the way, Constance, I thought your your shocked face is the way he was speaking to me, <laughs> but it was really about trying to build him up and his insecurity. He's fine. I mean, yeah, he, I am. I'm fine. It's not the, f- the first time he quit acting. You know, you know, Connolly quit acting before Entourage, and we had to oh, beg God. him to do this. So maybe maybe you'll want him on your show. You'll have to go through a lot of. That's hoops. a mistake you've had to live with for 15 years. <laughs> well, you know, you know that Connolly and I worked together before Entourage. Happily, unhappily ever after. Did you do yeah. a scene together? 
We did. Constance, do you know that I d- I don't remember that? Oh god, isn't that weird? What? It's because you were what? Were you I, were you drugged out? What was <laughs> no, I was over. No, I was bright eyed and bushy tailed. What 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 was what was the episode? What was it? But Mr. by the Floppy? way, just just let me throw in Constance. Don't feel bad. He doesn't watch this show either to prepare for this. God it's forbid. Not a show. God forbid he did some fucking research. But anyway, tell us about your scene <laughs> with Kevin Connolly and how his performance was back then. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even remember the episode. I was going to wow. say, yeah. The details escape you, Constance. <laughs> no, no, no. It's Listen, our episode, our scene together was very funny because you walked into the room and you had a towel on your shoulder. And I was, I don't even know what my character was either, to be honest. <laughs> I'm sure I was snarky and bitter and sarcastic. And I said, like, what's with the towel on your shoulder? And you said there's a storm coming and it was some <laughs> ridiculous sitcom humor about you were waiting for the rain. So you had a towel. I I'm not really quite sure. Either. Was, was there that a- when I, I played a character called lightning boy and I got struck by lightning and had superpowers. Was that, maybe that was it. I don't know. No, uh, we'll have to research it. But the question I have for you, uh, Constance, what you do remember is anything in that performance lead you to believe he would one day be nominated for an Emmy. <laughs> Because it doesn't sound like it. On Constance has been on so many shows, and she remembers it, but Kevin does not remember this. So that's it. But I was devastated. I had my uh, heart broken by by Mr. Floppy. The stuff rabbit <laughs> took my girlfriend. It was tough times. Yeah, I don't know that anyone's. Right. I don't know that there's going to be an unhappily ever after podcast anytime soon. But Constance has been on so. Seinfeld. Nine oh two and oh. Did you do? You did the what, original. What is, you got marbles in your mouth to nine oh two and yeah, but nine oh two one oh. You stumbled through that one too. I don't think I said it Slow weird. Down. <laughs> By the way, Constance, you, know, you don't even get to see her face. She just <laughs> did like a fallback. Um, oh my god! I just love it how much uh, all of the relationships haven't changed. I, I, it makes me so happy to hear you guys just still so up in each other's fucking shit. <laughs> I love it so much. It's really exactly the same. So anyway, we'll talk about some stuff after that you've done, Constance. But let's let's talk Entourage a little bit, which Constance, as I've said before, is one of those actors that came in for a part that I don't remember exactly if it was a couple episodes or three episodes. But as soon as three episodes, but as soon as we get Constance on the set, we all know we got to get her on as much as possible, which in this show with this you know, heavily male-populated cast is not an easy thing. Well, how was your experience working with with these guys? Uh, Before we get to answering your question, there is something I want to ask you because it is on the same subject. Do you remember when I came in and auditioned for the part? Like, do you remember it at all, what happened and the vibe in that room? No, but I'm scared. Are you sure I was there? (laughs) Oh, no, you were there, and Larry Charles was there, and all the guys were. I think Rob was there. There was a whole, all men in the back of the room, and I was, like, way in the front. I don't even know. It was, like, a weird, that weird soundstage um, off of Pico. Santa Monica Boulevard. Lantana. Oh. Yes. Lantana, yeah. Yes, I remember. Yeah. Tell um, me. Tell me, though. I'm scared to hear this. No, don't be scared. I've just always wondered if you had the same like feeling that I had or if you felt my anger coming in there and if that's ultimately why you guys were like, that's Dana, 
Because I've always, from my opinion, I felt like I came in there and I didn't really want the part. Because <laughs> I've told you this. We've talked about this before. And I've talked about this in interviews, how I didn't want I didn't want to come in for the show because I didn't like the show. I was like, oh, it's all men and all the women are naked. And what are they going to do with me? And um, And my agents were like, you have to go in on this show. This show is going to be a cult hit. It is going to be everything that everyone's going to be talking about. And even when it's over, people are going to keep talking about it. And I was like, wow, look at you. Okay, fine. And they were like, and it's only three episodes. So what's the fucking harm? And I was like, okay, fine. (laughs) So I went in and it was me and Connie Britton in the lobby. Really? And yeah. And it was all these other girls that were all very pretty and very young. And Connie and I were sitting there and I said, I feel like I don't, I don't fit in here. I don't, I don't like look like any of those girls. And I don't, and she was like, I know neither do I. And I was like, what are we doing here? And she said, I don't know, but good luck. And I was like, okay. Cause I knew I had worked with Connie on another show before And so when I came in, you guys wanted me to do this scene because I think two of the scenes were on the phone, uh, you know, with Ari. And uh, I came in and I said, and the first scene only had one line. And I remember saying, uh, hey, so here's the deal. Do you really want me to do this first scene? Because it's Mm -hmm. one line. And it's on the phone and I'm not going to sit here and like pretend I have a fake phone against my face. So I'm just going to put it on speakerphone if you really want to hear that one line. <laughs> By the way, I would cast you already just listening to this right now. <laughs> mm-hmm. So go ahead. So what happens? Well, I think well, she got the all job. of you guys kind of everybody got really quiet and I was like, oh, shit. But it was because I don't think that I really... I didn't care. And so I've always wondered if you guys kind of felt that emotion of somebody kind of like not being desperate or not feeling this like, oh, my God, I want this part so bad and being so nervous. If that kind of played into it, because I remember you guys were like, uh, yeah, you, you should still do the line. And I said, OK, fine. And then I did the line and I don't even remember what the line was. And I pretended it was on speakerphone. And after the line, I remember I finished and I was like, was that worth it? (laughs) (laughs) I mean, you know what the thing is, is like, first of all, obviously you walking into a group of all men is obviously an intimidating, annoying experience. I don't really remember. I remember you coming in. I don't really remember who was there because I don't even remember seasons and how they last. But it's tricky at the time, especially at the beginning of a show. There's a lot of voices before, ultimately, I feel like I could make decisions without discussing it with everybody. But I know as soon as you left that I was like, I have to figure out how to get more of you in this. And even though the show, which the only thing I take some, there really wasn't as much nudity as everyone likes to remember. When you look back at it, it's actually pretty light. And I used to get a lot of people telling me, we need more nudity in this. Where is it? And I think that was, I mean, that was coming from me trying to keep it down. But to find roles for women in a show with five male leads 
is extremely challenging and extremely difficult. And obviously, we know in 2020, probably no one would ever make a show with five male leads, you know? So it was important to me that we found women like you that were strong, that didn't give a fuck, that would stand up for themselves. And, and obviously, you did that in everything you did in the role, you know? So... What? Connolly's giving me nasty <laughs> looks or something. So, oh, Connolly, Connolly's going to step into the booth. <laughs> so then, what is he coming in the room? So then, what happens yeah. after? So you get the call now, and you get it, and you're probably like, "Oh, these guys, I, I don't know what this is going to be like." So, what was the? What was that? You get the call, you get the job, and what? Well, I remember I was absolutely floored and shocked that I got the job because I thought I really was so. Uh, I thought it was just so obvious that I was like, whatever. Right. I don't. Those are the ones you get part. though. Right. Constance. When exactly. you don't care, you always but, seem to get them. Like when you don't even you know, want them. I, that not right. been and the also, me. But anytime <laughs> I would try to do that today, I wouldn't get away with it. So again, <laughs> yeah. I think it was such like a, a, a zeitgeist moment, you know, of, of uh, maybe that was, you know, Dana. And, and by the way, I mean, Obviously, in hindsight, I mean, it's because of you and it's because of Entourage and it's because of what Dana Gordon became. What, you know, you gave me was this incredible um, rise within a, a six year time period of when I was on the show that I, these are now these women, these characters are all I play. And Dana Gordon was the first one I that was even around back then. There weren't these types of characters around. And I think it's why, lo and behold, you had a show with all these guys, but yet you created these incredibly strong female characters. So you did do it, um, you know. And so I, I, I applaud you for that because... Um, maybe because you had so many guys that you were writing for that the, you know, the women that you then ended up adding and creating and molding on the show ended up becoming just as important, even if they were small parts. Yeah. I mean, you know, the impact of you, Carla Cugina, Emmanuel, Perry Reeves, you know, they were, and again, it, it is a challenge. It's a 30-minute show, and we have all these characters, but when we look back at it, and even when we see today posting you on Instagram, the reaction to you, 10 years, I mean, we're 10 years on here, or whatever it is, you know? It's pretty remarkable, but it's, I appreciate that you say that, but everybody always says that. Sometimes they go, oh, they owe you, and they owe you. Nobody owes anybody anything, because the, the reality is, the perfect blend is the perfect writing with the perfect actor. And you were 100% the perfect actor. And I, I knew it from the get-go. And it was always it was something we talked about in the writer's room all the time. How do we get more constants? Where do we find space for that? Which, when we do find more space for that, what happens is, is fucking Kevin Dillon calls me and goes, why am, why am I in, uh, why do I have three scenes in this episode, you know? So it was always a balance. And also, I think we became friends as well, which makes it even more challenging because then you feel like, oh, I'm disappointing this one. I'm disappointing that one. But I'm glad that it, it did work out. And uh, I was talking before you came on that I found out years later, subconsciously, somehow I had named you after a girl I went to college with. It was a pretty girl that you do have a similar look to. But I swear on my life, it was 
it was subconscious. So, um, so anyway, so on the show, once we start going, I mean, how was the experience? What was it like? I know everybody likes to talk about this very male dominated show, but I don't know. How was the work once you did start get going? Well, it's funny because Kevin, when I saw just Kevin Dillon, like outside of the show and we were, uh, we saw each other at like a Cirque du Soleil event. I remember <laughs> we were joking about how like you and I had n- no scenes together. No. Right. Ever. And it was so Maybe weird. Maybe a party and, scene. We'd be both at the same party, but <laughs> we wouldn't talk to each other. <laughs> right. And yeah. how I, I, I was so separated, you yeah. know, from you guys because all my stuff was with Jeremy or yeah. it was with Connolly and Adrian, barely, you mm-hmm. know. And it and so it always made me laugh how everyone was like, what's it like being around all those guys? And I was like, well, <laughs> I'm... I'm on the phone a lot. I have a yeah. lot of phone conversations. Yeah. That's true, too. I a lot of it's like I used. Well, I used to shoot like three episodes in one day because they <laughs> wow. were all on the phone. That's pretty cool, though, as for an actor's point of view. Like, bang out three like that. You know, it's part yeah. of it's part of like the way I write is so dialogue intensive and speedy. And I want the show to be as visual as possible. But it was all the time. I would say, what would this show be like before the cell phone? Like, what would happen? How would anybody find each other? How would anybody get together? So you definitely did have a lot of calls. And uh, and, and, and it, when I wasn't like walking on the cell phone or a speaker phone, I always had that giant Bluetooth <laughs> yeah. in yes, my ear. It makes it piece. so dated. It's so funny to me to see that. It's like, what? is that fucking thing in my ear? You I did. Mean, you always had it. At least we can hide a little bit, you know? Have also, you- too, Constance, you know, and I, I'm i not one to give Doug a ton of credit because <laughs> his head's already big enough. His headphones are splitting in, uh, splitting in two. <laughs> but, you know, Doug, you guys, you did. You hired the best actor, right? So, Constance, if you came in and, you know, Whatever it was, you got hired because you were you were came in and were and were the best, and you stole you stole the job, Doug. You were always guys were always great at that, and yeah, all things considered, I mean, you were a, a stellarly strong uh, female character, as was Emmanuel and Carl Gugina, like next level, and Perry. I mean, like all things considered, they were equal counterparts to the mm-hmm. to the males in terms of strength. In fact. The women characters are stronger than they most were. of them. They were definitely <laughs> all of them are stronger than Johnny right, Drama. Exactly. They're definitely smarter. But I mean, you know, the thing is also, which is so people understand behind the scenes, I had no idea what I was doing. So when I'm that's like, true. But I'm serious. When you have someone like Constance, you can't first of all, the fact that you came in and read the one line is amazing, but you can't offer you like a one scene thing. So Sheila Jaffe, our amazing casting director would be like, if you want Constance, you got to give her something to do. But I was writing these as we were going. So if we offered you three episodes, 90% of it probably was not written yet. And I had no idea where it was going. So a lot of people ask, Oh, where was Dana going? Did Ari and her really have a relationship? Was that ever? I didn't have any idea. So a lot of it did the same with you guys. When you find the actors, you start to, work with what they bring and you know i think that blend really worked you and jeremy had such like it's very hard to find any actor that can go up against the energy and the kind of battles that jeremy is able to to produce it does it takes a strong actor yeah i mean Mm -hmm. a really strong actor so let's talk about some of those scenes with jeremy like how was that working relationship and everything 
Well, look, I, I think it was, it, it was obvious on screen that the relationship off camera was also incredibly strong because he, he couldn't really pull any bullshit with me because I also knew him before I was on the show because he and I were on Ellen, the sitcom together. Right. Uh. And it was always that feeling of like knowing somebody before I knew you win. And so you can't pull any shit with me. And so I think that it was fun because we were able to use that within the relationship. But to your point, I mean, uh, you know, I remember always being able to like ask you, like, am I going to be in it this season? There was always this. What am I going to do? Uh, I always wanted to be on the show. I was just always so, when am I, can I come back? Do I get to come back? How many episodes do I get to come back for? And that is because I got so, um, uh, I guess, possessive of the character. And I wanted to make sure that she was always going to be there to stand up against Ari. Because I felt she was one of the only female characters that could, you know, I mean, it was like husband and wife is a different kind of standing up as opposed to somebody you work with. And I was going back and watching some of those scenes and some of the shit that he would say to me, I can't even, I just like, was like, how did I not slap him? Like, how did I not, what? I mean, the whole thing about the finger in the asshole, all of that. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I'm not sure what episode we're talking about there. (laughs) The stuff that you were able to put out on that show, I mean, is so impressive looking back on it now. And I don't know how I was able to, you know, keep my calm Half of the time I was with him. Now, when I look back, I think when we were all in it, it was the world. Right. There was no questioning it. There was, it wasn't like, oh, this is weird and awkward. It was like, no, this is the people. This is the world. But this al- is how we interact. But also, by the way, I mean, the that was the real world. Like, this wasn't, um, you know, and again, it's a comedy, so I don't want to be too whatever. But real agents and real executives this is how they were talking to each other. Whether they went home and were pissed or whether – and again, I, I don't look at it like that because I think whether he was vulgar or not, some of the women in this – many of the women in this town were just as tough as the guys. And they – some people are able to figure out how to deal with vulgar language and some people are, are not equipped to deal with that. Now we're living in a – Dana didn't have a problem with that though. Yeah, but right? I'm I saying mean, – you, you fired right back. Yeah, but not not Most probably. I, I think the point of what Doug also is saying is it, the world has changed where, uh, you know, if Ari Emanuel <laughs> spoke like that, I don't care who he is. If he spoke like that at WME, he'd be fired in two hours. Yeah. You know, where maybe 15 years ago, he wouldn't. Right. Yeah. I mean, is that fair to say? Yeah. And I also yes. always I always viewed Ari and Dana He's a, he's a mouthpiece. To me, his actions were at the end of the day were always going to be right. Whether that excuses it or not in real life, forget it. No one should speak to anybody like that. We all get that. But I think that they had this bond. They had this past. And I think Dana and what you brought to it was able to, again, not be so sensitive to it. But the world is a different place. It really is 15 years later and uh, and. It wouldn't fly, but people ask, could you do the show again? Of course I could do the show again. Just 
it would reflect what the times are now and how people mm-hmm. speak now. So, um, all right, who else has got a question? I guess I was going to move on. Uh, I mean, if we have more entourage stuff, we well, can talk I, about Well, I just this. wanted to say, I, had a, I just flashed back to uh, a memory. Hey, Constance, do you remember the scene that we shot at Joffrey's in Malibu? Yes. Yeah, when we were supposed to be in Khan. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. By the way, we need her on the podcast because she actually remembers things, wow. like the rest of this crew. But I remember we all got into the van, and we were driving back to base camp, which was 80 miles away. And you looked at me and you said, I'm pregnant. <laughs> and you were pregnant with your daughter, who's now 12. Yeah. Oh, my God. My yeah. goodness. That's crazy. That was 12 years ago. 12 years ago. And also cut to that or that same day. I remember you and I in between scenes, we would be hanging out and... I don't know if you want me to say this on air, but you could always cut this out if you don't want it. Uh-oh. But <laughs> no, because I thought it was, I think it's a, a, a very endearing side of all of you guys. Well, except fucking Dylan, who I never got to hang out with. But, <laughs> I was um, in the Joffrey scene, though. I was there. We were all there. Yeah. By the way, he's not that you endearing. Were there, yes. Yes. He's not we that were, endearing. Yes. We were in that scene together. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, see, there you go. But you and I were having a conversation about relationships and girls and you, you guys, all of you, because even Adrian and everybody was kind of talking about, you know, how do we find the the right woman? How do we find the right girl? Like, how tough. do we find someone like you that's like cool and, <laughs> you know, one of the guys and whatever? And I remember that was a moment for me where I was like, we're all, this is, you guys want my advice. Like it was more of like, because I, I always felt like, you know, I, I came and went so often and I wasn't there very much, but it was such a wonderful moment because I was like, well, you guys should just stop going to clubs. You're not going to meet the best girls at clubs. That's the first Good step. Good luck with that, Connolly. first step. <laughs> yeah, Connolly should still take that advice today. Oh, shut up. <laughs> But I just love that it's like, that's what I remember from it is talking to you about like girls and clubs. And you remember that I told you I was pregnant. I just remember feeling two things that I just remember feeling let in on this secret because obviously it was pretty early on. And you just I remember we were like in in like the middle section and you just looked at me and you said it. And I always I always remembered it. And now to, you know, earlier off air when you got you and Kevin were talking about your kids and you mentioned that she's 12 years old. I'm like. I don't know, man. I just got smacked with this time. You know, they say, you know, life flies by, but man, no kidding. 12 wow. years. And, and as, long, as long as we're on the kids thing, do you know how many messages I've gotten over the years of, of how either how dumb I am or why <laughs> I didn't figure out Dana Gordon's family situation? <laughs> so, Constance, uh, it's interesting to talk about. I, I've said it clearly. The reason I do things is because I thought that was the best idea at the time and people could go back and, and I never said I was David Simon or David Chase. So if You're you not. Shut up. <laughs> so if you don't like what I did, that's fine. But you as an actor who, who is in this role and reading this carefully, so you read scenes where you have a child, you're at the school, then years later you can't have children. <laughs> What's going through your head? Because I don't think you ever actually said to me, like, what, what the fuck are you doing? Or maybe you did. <laughs> 
I did. I did. <laughs> I did. You blocked it out. I remember I read it and I asked, I, I don't know if I called you or I text. I don't know what we were doing at that time. We were not we text. Sadly, we were not texting. <laughs> we were more likely using carrier pigeons at that you point. You were on there's, your landline. There's, sure. no, there's no real texting, but so go ahead. Um, but I said to you, uh, uh, didn't I have kids a couple of seasons ago? <laughs> And you said, this is exactly what you said. You said, nobody's going to notice. Nobody's going to care. Constance, he's done that to every character on this show at some stage. The the three big ones are Dana Gordon's kids, Ari's kids, and the Chase brothers having different parents. Yeah, we had had the same mother, then we had the same father. It was the other way around, actually. You know, look, I I, I never envisioned that Ari and Dana would end up in this relationship where he's separated from his wife. And then whatever came to my head, I thought it would be a more emotional, but it is. I really do like to think we were pretty close when we were doing this show. So if you were really bothered by it, I probably would have, because what I do, like you said before, when you, when anyone called me about the script, my night was over. I'd be obsessed all night. I oh, fucked it up. No Shut, up Kevin. Shut up. Kevin. So, but, uh, but I wanted you to have some something, you know, something to play. But now it's amazing. It's 12, 14 years later. And today there's at least I have 15 DMs today of like, ask her, which I said, that's a writer fuck up. That's not your fuck up. And I'm glad that you remember that you actually did try to fix it. But I still, like I said, I think it made the show better to, to give you, you know, more stuff to play with. And, you know, by the way, not that many people noticed. No, really. they didn't. They didn't yeah, notice. And, and People kind of don't notice You got to take stuff. it as a compliment. You need to take it as yeah. a compliment because it means that people cared about these fucking characters enough to remember four years or yeah. however long it was in between that that was a big deal. And and I I I remember. And it wasn't that I asked you to change it. I was more just like. Is that weird? And you were like, no, nobody's going to notice. It's fine. Like, whatever. And so I was like, okay. I mean, what? I mean, it's true because sometimes people don't notice that shit. And then all of a sudden they pick one thing, you know. I mean, how did the coffee cup end up on the Game of Thrones set? It's just like, and, you know, it's just like all, it's just one, there's bad propping. People, bad propping. Right? Buddy would have never let that happen. <laughs> Buddy was our props guy. <laughs> You know what, Connolly, you know, I don't know, Constance, if you've even had a chance to listen to this at all, but this is Kevin's company. And- Constance has been here on a general meeting. I'll have you know. I came there. Constance I came there. Been- and by the way, Connolly, would you like to tell them why I came there? Constance already said we should do, you guys should do the Entourage podcast. These Sopranos guys. Oh, no, really? it was the Office Girls are killing it. It was already kind of in the works without you, Doug. Whoa. Is this was your you, idea? No, no, no. I'm not concerned about me, Kevin. I'm concerned about whose idea this podcast was. <laughs> you could be replaced now. Listen, yeah. Doug, it you weren't always. and you and me, Doug. We're giving by the, strike way, a new by the way, I, I love the concept. like, listen, we do this podcast. We get Grenier. <laughs> yeah, we yeah. get Rex Lee. We get rid of Connolly. <laughs> I, I said, Constance, we're, we're doing Queens Boulevard, the podcast with Larry Charles and Adrian Grenier. And these two are out. 
out on their asses. That's yeah. it. Good luck. Good luck with that. <laughs> Constance, just so you know, the good news is you didn't get into business with the businessman here. Oh, we, we have no contracts. We get no pay. They so, won't sign their contracts, I'm wearing, Constance. I'm wearing a victory shirt, but I don't get paid for anything. There's no union rules. He works just like yeah, fucking animals. Wait, by the way, I heard on one of the episodes where Connolly was demanding you guys sign your contracts. <laughs> they still haven't, Constance. And you know what? They think it's funny, but guess well, what? They're not getting paid. So, so no, we're not getting paid. Well, you Doug will. keeps saying, like, my high-end lawyer is going to handle this. Yeah, I'm Doug, like, Doug, Doug, your badass your, lawyer that we're all supposed to be afraid of. Doug's badass lawyer that we're all supposed to be afraid of is MIA. I won't call He's you back. Maybe you need a new lawyer. Listen, right listen this is not like Emmy-nominated Doug days. My lawyer doesn't call me. <laughs> I call. i like, hey, it's Doug. He's like, which Doug? He's got like three bigger Doug clients. Is this Doug Lyman? Is this Doug Lyman? I'm in court. I'll call you back. You don't hear back from I mean, uh, <laughs> so let's, Constance, we want, we got some, I mean, we could talk House of Cards, which you guys should watch, Constance on House of Cards and, mm-hmm. and many other things. And wait, uh, one thing I did want to ask you. You passed on Homeland? Is that true? Uh, well, let's <laughs> Spit it out, Constance. That's a good one. <laughs> you sound let's like Doug. Let's be clear about that sentence. I passed uh, going in on it. Uh, it was a, you know, it wasn't an offer. It wasn't like, do you want this part or do you not? It wasn't that. It was, did I want to go in for it? And I did not go in on it because that was at a point in my career where I really was tired of doing one hour dramas of these. And it was so, it felt so dark to me, that show. The best show um, on television. Yeah, and I was like, I just want to do comedies. I just want to be funny. I don't want to do that. Right. So really, Constance, I just want to make sure nobody was... thinks that I was. They were like, that's when you reach out you with Claire Dane. <laughs> that's when you reach out with send me an offer. Just send me an offer. Did you really think it was it was too it was too dark and it was the Claire Danes role? Wow. Uh, listen. I love Homeland. I've seen every. I saw every episode. I thought it was fucking awesome. Oh, rub it in, Kev. Why? Just, why? Pour salt no, into it's the wound. fucking great. Why? And she's phenomenal but at the time where i was in my career i was like i don't this is, seems like i don't want to do this. my feeling is is you'd because, be a good cia agent constant to be great but my feeling is is because kevin has just been outed as not coming up with the idea for this podcast oh, meaning he's up. no <laughs> longer the creator now he's trying to make you feel bad about homeland he's like right. that's the best show i've ever seen i mean constance <laughs> has done like 40 fucking shows since did i then, say which, that she didn't do that i just said that i liked homeland. i just wanted that's to say i, I want to talk about Unreal, actually, Unreal's creator, Sarah Gertrude Shapiro. Uh, we follow each other on Instagram. Oh, God. What's the problem with <laughs> Does that? Does she have a blue check mark? She's got to have a blue check. He's not following. I mean, I like... <laughs> Guys, we don't have to talk about any other stuff. We can just talk but about... But you know what? I, I, did because... ta- I did want to talk about Unreal because actually I, I have become like a weirdly... The bachelor obsessed person. Um, you so, could say that, yeah. <laughs> my girlfriend made me start watching this, and, oh, no. and everyone could laugh all they want, but it's it's you know it's good stuff. It's and addicting. That sh- and that show, my girlfriend is friends with some of the producers of that show, so she really loved it and thought it was incredibly realistic. So, what was that experience like? And was there? I, I haven't read anything about this. Was there any talk that you were going to kind of be a little bit of a female Ari, or was it more of a Dana Gordon, or what? Like, what? What was? Was there any talks about that at all? Uh, so I actually had decided that I wanted the character to be a version of um, Ari Gold mixed with Anna Wintour. 
And that was for me, like what I was going for, it wasn't necessarily like what they were writing towards, but it was what I thought Quinn was um, because Quinn is apparently based on somebody real ish. Uh, I've heard that. I heard that this morning in my house, but I'm not allowed to talk about it apparently. But anyway, yeah, I have asked to not, I don't know her name. I don't know. I, I know she's in the reality world, but I had very openly asked, told Sarah, like, don't tell me who she is. Don't tell me what she looks like. Don't tell me anything about her because this is my, this is going to be my version of this character and who this person is. You can write her however you want, but I'm going to play her this way, you know, based on what you're giving me uh, words and storyline wise, because they, this was such a great show and such a great opportunity for me because they crafted this part with me. You know, I, I never read a script. They had already shot the pilot. They, it got picked up and then they reshot the pilot with me and completely changed the show Never let, I mean, I agreed to do the show without ever reading a script or seeing the original pilot because it was nothing like what they wanted the show to be. Uh, So we got to craft the character together. So for me, that was what I was using was I felt, you know, the the thing with, with the Ari Gold character was he could say anything he wanted and he'd get away with it. And I was like, well let's make a woman be able to do that because we should. And, and, but it's, it's also, I think I told someone that, well, I told, actually, I told Jeremy that uh, for the first time, just uh, like a couple months ago during quarantine, when we did this little. Hey, hey, Constance, Constance, who was it that got fired? Oh, (laughs) she was not fired. Yeah. Uh, Right. Why? Why are you gonna go to the? the I'm kidding. The mean we'll edit. We'll edit. Well, somebody got fired. We talk about it on the show. No, seriously. We, you know, we we try to shed some light on the behind the scenes of the business, and it's actually a common thing where you shoot a pilot and they go, "Hey, we're gonna pick it up, and this one's gonna get replaced." And things change after the pilot. And ta- table readings are the same way. A bad table reading could be your last table reading, and a bad test in a pilot means they go with somebody else. Happens all the time. Connolly was almost replaced by Seth Green, but he was unavailable. So <laughs> it worked out for everybody. But so go, what oh you God. and Jeremy did this charity thing, right? So what, what did you with say? With Emmanuel. Yeah, with Emmanuel and Perry, yeah. uh, we, we did it for um, Cameo at the beginning of, of quarantine. But anyways, that was the first time I had actually told him uh, that. And... Um, you know, look, I think that, again, you created um, such a great character uh, for for him to use and be. And I always thought how cool it would be if a woman could do that kind of stuff. And so Unreal allowed me to kind of do that as much as I could within that world. And reality television behind the scenes is really fucked up. I mean, it's dark. It is dark. And a lot of the show is based on true stories that we were never told which ones were true, which ones were fake. But sometimes the, the fake ones were real and the real ones were fake. It was like, they really were fucking with us so that we just didn't understand 
and we made everything just as important as the next story. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, totally. So, but what, I just want to get back to that one thing you said, what made you agree to a show without a script and without a pilot? What made you believe that this could be something good and that? Um, it was because they came to me and they said, we want to do this with you. We want to create and craft this character with you. If we know that we have you, we will make the character what you want and what we want. And together we'll make this full rounded character because before Unreal, you know, I like on your show on Entourage, I was recurring on House of Cards. I was recurring Right on Newsroom. I was recurring. So my characters never got to have like a full Right. story you you know what I mean yeah. because I I was it was they were a brief moments or whatever so uh Quinn was actually kind of the first one of those like badass women that I was able to fully show her whole development and and I think it's also why it was uh it did what it did I did not know at all that the show was going to be kind of like the, the little cult show that it became um there's still millions and millions of people that have never seen it and don't know what the fuck we're talking about but once it gets on um, netflix i have no idea what you guys are talking about i really don't yeah exactly (laughs) i mean it's it's a it's a great show (laughs) you'll watch it all right so bachelor no it's it's basically (laughs) uh it's a mock-up great mother of god it's a fake no but it's 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 a satire that was was good that was better kev I think everybody always wants to know what it was like, right, to be with all the boys. And I think uh, one of the questions that I always think is funny is, like, how many times did we laugh? You know, how many times did Jeremy crack me up? Or was I ever really offended by the stuff that he was saying? And, you know, those kind of questions I find so interesting because – of course he cracked me up. I and mean, of course we had takes that we couldn't do. I mean, I also cracked up like when you gave me the line of uh, when I'm yelling at Ari over the phone, over my giant earpiece, um, <laughs> when I got fired and I said, I'm going to uh, squeeze your balls with a claw cracker or something. It was like something about squeezing his balls with a crab cracker or something. And I remember I could not get that line out because, again, women, I didn't have, I'd never had a part (laughs) like that before where I was able to just be super crude and it was funny and it wasn't offensive. It was just like a, a real strong woman being like, this fucking sucks and I will fucking kill you and cut your balls off if I ever see you, right? So... I think at the same time, if we can allow a woman to talk to a man like that, you know, we allowed Ari to talk to Dana like that. So I always appreciated that you always allowed us to both have that kind of banter together. And but it was a I mean, I still think and I think you guys all agree that I mean, that set was so much fun. And I think that's why people love it so much because they saw you guys like hanging out and being friends and having a great time. And, and, and that's always what it felt like. It's why I always wanted to be there because I always felt like I was missing out on something if I wasn't there with you guys shooting. 
Yeah, well, we, we had some good times. We had some great yes, times, and, and we love you. We miss you, and we definitely have to get you back on uh, soon and talk more. And uh, people wanted to hear about Seinfeld and all of that stuff that you've done. And Constance has done amazing work on so many shows for so long. So check her out, and you'll see it. And hopefully we'll get to see each other live soon, Constance. This was yes, great but time. it has to only be a conversation with me and Dylan. Yeah, that yes. would be good. <laughs> there it is. You can see how riveting he is. He'll be fucking phenomenal to talk to alone. Since we have so much to talk about. <laughs> right, we do, the, though, Kevin. We, we have do. almost the same age kids. Yes. I mean, we'll we've been divorced. We've been yes. remarried. You know. Who has it? Real who, stuff. Who, who has it? Right? I've been divorced twice. Fuck you both. <laughs> That second one didn't count. <laughs> yeah, 90 days. That doesn't count, does it? 90-day fiancé. <laughs> All right, Constance. Oh we will, uh, Bye, we'll, Constance. We'll talk soon, and you look great, and be good, and uh, hopefully the new show we hear about soon, and we wish you luck with it. So. Oh, well, thanks, guys. I love you guys, and I, I can't wait to actually be in there in person. Good. Thank we you so much, Constance. Bye, Constance. Thank you. All right. And uh, that was great having Constance Zimmer. And that wraps up another episode of Victory the Podcast. I'm Doug Ellen and Mr. Doug Ellen. I'm Kevin Dillon or Kevin Dillon Official. Victory! Thank you, Constance. New York.